Our society is increasingly degrading human beings full of life to means toward the end of productivity. Today, we are beginning season 12 of Life, Liberty, and Law. At Americans United for Life, we advance the human right to life in culture, law, and policy. And here on this podcast, we discuss our opportunities to fulfill this mission, the threats and challenges facing the most vulnerable Americans, and stories of embracing life in the face of violent messaging. This season, we want to identify and address pro-abortion messaging that degrades women and erodes each person's understanding of the value of his or her life. In the weeks since Texas Heartbeat Bill, SB 8, passed, pro-life efforts have taken a prominent place in the media. In a hearing on SB 8 last week, a Texas state rep boldly claimed that parenting prevents a woman's success and even her destiny. This presumption sounds outlandish, but it is widely accepted and affirmed, leading to a corrupted definition of success in our society. Today, we want to make a case against the message presented by Texas State Rep. Donna Howard. Motherhood, fatherhood, and family are building blocks of a thriving nation, not an outdated norm. I'm Anna-Claire Noblet. This is Life, Liberty, and Law. Welcome to Life, Liberty, and Law by Americans United for Life. Today we are joined by AUL's own Monica Sewell, who has a background on Capitol Hill and has worked at AUL for four years. Monica recently welcomed her first child into the world, which is so exciting. So Monica, thank you so much for being here and also for letting your baby join along too. So we might have some some background noise from our second guest, uh, Monica's sweet three-month-old. Yes, thank you for having us. We are very excited to be here. Baby Mark is very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you are a great example of um, someone who can speak, you know, from a from a place of experience on this issue of, um, you know, working in the pro-life space for several years and then also kind of taking this pro-life step of becoming a parent and, and seeing how um, that's often, you know, somewhat degraded um, in, in the messaging that we are hearing that um, is in favor of abortion. So I just hope we can have a good conversation today and, and hear your, your, your honest story of um, the challenges of maybe working from home and being a parent and um, also the opportunities that that provides. So tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got to AUL and really what sparked your interest in working in the pro-life movement. I have always been uh, super pro-life. I'm Catholic. I'm one of eight kids, and um, I went to Catholic elementary school, high school, and, and college, where we always went to the March for Life. Our school had buses to take us to the March for Life. We always had the day off of school, and um, it's just always been a really big part of my life my family. Um, and... I've always loved babies, wanted to care for babies. I originally thought I was going to be a labor and delivery nurse until I realized 
I can't really handle blood. And so that turned me away from the medical profession. <laughs> um, but I knew I, wa I still wanted to do something in the pro-life movement um, to be involved. And I was so happy to find AUL a few years ago and that, you know, they offered me a job working for Catherine. I've just been really... He's talkative. <laughs> he is. He wants to chime in. <laughs> so you um, do a lot of the scheduling for Catherine and, um, and just help her do all that she does as our CEO, um, but then also have a background on the Hill. So kind of day to day, like, what are you doing working from home um, in this season? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of scheduling for Catherine. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, so I handle sort of the behind the scenes work for her. Um, and it's been so amazing to be able to work from home. And I'm so grateful to Catherine and to AUL for this opportunity to still be able to have my little guy and, and work from home. It's been really, yeah. really incredible. Yeah. Um, working That's on the incredible. Hill was really great, too. I worked for Congressman Ken Buck from Colorado, and he is a really great member. He is also super pro-life, so I was really happy to be able to work for him um, and have that experience on the Hill uh, dealing with legislation and just sort of understanding how the process works over there. Um, it was a really, really cool experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can have all of the motivation to be involved in pro-life um, mm -hmm. lawmaking, but there's most of it is technical and most of it is a little right. bit mundane. So I'm grateful for all the staffers that are there now, just kind of day in and day out doing the research and um, for right. our legal staff at AUL writing model bills so that it makes it easier for them. And it's really cool mm -hmm. how it's all connected in DC. Yeah, that's exactly um, for the same right. goal. So mm -hmm. yeah, and it is that the staffers have to do to make sure, you know, they have a great understanding so they can help draft the bills and help members understand what to sign on to and what not to sign on to. It's a lot of, a lot of detail and a lot of like critical thinking and analyzing that goes into all of these things that I just didn't know until I worked there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're glad that you get to work from home too. I mean, there's, there's so many different seasons of life and, and to be really pro-life, I think, this is what, what we're talking about today. How do we be pro-parent and how do we mm -hmm. really make it possible for people to see parenting as, as something that doesn't have to um, inhibit a career? Um, obviously, it does. There's trade-offs, but, but, but both are possible. And that's, that's hopefully the direction we're headed towards in the workplace. Um, I'm hopeful for my future as a young woman, you know, to be able to find a way to do both and do both well and um, have a, a workplace that understands um, kind of those priorities. So reflecting on your time at AUL for a few minutes, what um, what stands out to you about your career there so far? I mean, um, anything kind of before pre-pandemic that was a really formative um, experience or maybe something that just stands out um, to help us understand a little bit more about your experience at AUL? 
so pre-pandemic, while I was still working on Capitol Hill, I got to also work with AUL. It was before the June Medical Services case and AUL wrote a brief that they had over 200 members of Congress sign on to and I was able to help get my boss sign onto that brief, which was really cool to be able to sort of work with, with AUL while I was working on the Hill. That was a really neat, uh, that was a really neat experience just to still be able to participate with both. Yeah, that's really, really neat. And we've got another big case coming up this fall. What, I guess, you know, as you're working with Catherine, is this Dobbs case really her main kind of topic of conversation this year? Yeah, she is very focused on it. Um, she definitely wants to see the Mississippi law upheld um, and expand laws like that to, to other states. Um, she sees this as an opportunity uh, to help educate the American people and the public on the truth about abortion and abortion law. She really wants to focus on reaching people who are undecided on how they feel about abortion and people who are opposed to this law. And she thinks that the Dobbs case is just a really great opportunity to help educate people um, and, and reach out to people. For sure. I think that you know, even even whenever these bills and cases are controversial, it at least gives us an opportunity to speak up about it and for people to listen and really think about what their position is. Hopefully, you know, even with Supreme Court cases, it's not always something that falls, you know, into partisan politics. It's a totally different game. And so exactly. um, I'm just excited for the opportunity for us to keep speaking through um, the podcast and different platforms and, and all the places that Catherine gets to travel and speak. It's really, she is <laughs> always across the country just traveling and um, keeping our network of pro-life, you know, supporters really strong. So that's, that's amazing. I, and I'm just always, always impressed all the places that she gets to travel each week, um, which is, which is just a really unique opportunity. So it is. It's really, really great. Mm -hmm. So as you've as you've started your family, um, I guess something that we're thinking about is, you know, this this idea that abor or abortion threatens success, um, and that family life is something that is somewhat a thing of the past. Or you know, obviously that's so impractical. We have to replace ourselves. Um, but there really have been um, some attacks on, you know, the dignity of the family. And so I was just wondering what messages you have observed, you know, maybe against marriage and having kids that are increasingly prominent in our culture. Mm -hmm. I think definitely against marriage. Um, it's just how like common and normal divorce is. Um, people just sort of get married and, there's no real commitment because they think that they, if things go wrong, they can just go their separate ways, um, which is really tragic and, and so not what marriage is actually about. Um, and that affects the family mm -hmm. in a 
you know, a really sad way too when when children are, you know, brought into the world and involved and, you know, it, it can just be really, that's really hard for families. Um, and yeah, the idea that if you have children, you can't be successful is very silly, I think, um, now that I have a child. Yeah. Uh, it's just so amazing. It's the most amazing thing in the world. I never, I've always known that children are incredible, but now having my own is just totally changed my life in the best way possible. And I think now about success, I, I want to be a good mother and um, I, w- I want to be successful with my in my job, but also in my in my family and raising my my child. And it it doesn't seem like those things yeah. are are incompatible at all. And now you're hearing my little guy in the background. <laughs> um, but he definitely changes up your your rate of productivity, maybe a little bit, but you're still able to. And that's just part of it. This this podcast with you, working as part of my job, and and I'm so grateful that I'm able to have him with me at the same time, and still, yeah, as his mom, and and keep working. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he's been great so far. Um, So it was last week that. The Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing on the Texas abortion ban, SB8. Um, It's been in the news and that everybody knows about, but there were obviously a lot of really emotional testimonies on both sides, um, but one that really stood out was this Texas state rep who's a judge in Texas, and her name is Donna Howard. And I just want to play this clip because I think it, you know, it's, it's important to engage the other side of Um, our issue and we don't want to see them just objectively as our enemies but I do think it's important to kind of hear the arguments that are being presented and maybe kind of um, you know work through them and debunk them and I think this is a good practice for us um, and something that you can speak to as a mom so I'm going to play this clip and um, we will we'll talk about it and employment opportunities over that time has been greatly enhanced by the ability to have autonomy over their own bodies, something that men enjoy despite the fact that they share 50% of the responsibility for the pregnancy, but oftentimes 0% of the consequences. This is about personal freedom and respecting that women know what is best for them, their family, and their destinies. This is about health care and trust in the doctor-patient relationship. This is about giving women control over their very lives without government interference. Thank you. Yeah, so there are a few things in there that are, you know, she speaks very quickly, but there's a lot of assumptions packed into this one, um, yeah, this this one short testimony and, and giving women control over their destinies. Um, so I think personally, it's it's hard to kind of reconcile, um, you know that part of being a woman is the ability to have children and and kind of having this this part of us that's really innate and really unique being characterized as something so negative um and i think you know it's it's not just 
Judge Howard that's that's saying this. I mean, um, this is really something that I'm seeing in all kinds of media, and um, I think I kind of live in a bubble where it's a lot more normal to embrace, you know, to get married younger or have kids younger. But I, I know, especially in urban centers, it's like, you know, not not very many people are willing to have um, kids and still work and do their lifestyle in D.C. Um, so I'm just just kind of curious, what did you kind of observe about, you know, is this is this a common message? And and do you think it's do you think it has any weight? I mean, what what I guess what autonomy has been stripped from you um, as becoming a mother? Yeah, I have also been in I think similar circles as you. It's it's always been you know family life has always really been encouraged um, where I where I grew up and and where I've worked so far. Um, I guess. I mean, my autonomy as a mother, I mean... You obviously have a little bit less. I mean, you have someone else to care for. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I guess, you know, how do we re, how do we reframe, you know, the positivity or negativity of autonomy, I mean, um, and kind of this individualistic approach? I think part of being a mother is just being able to pour yourself out for your children and in one sense that just comes naturally because they they need you and at least for me a, a switch was just you know turned when my son was born and and he needed to, he needs to be fed constantly. He needs to be changed. He needs to, you know, he, he needs everything from us and he can't do anything from himself for himself. Um, but it doesn't feel like anything has been taken away from me because of my child and what he needs. I just... It's just so amazing to be able to care for him and take care of him and and love him. And um, my life on a day-to-day -day basis has definitely changed, but it's really just changed for the better because everything is better with little Mark. Everything, he just makes everything so much better. And now that we have him, I can't imagine not having him. It's hard to remember what life was like before before he was here. Um, and just speaking to one of the things that representatives said about women being able to make decisions for their own bodies. I mean, of course, we know this. Um, being pro-life and I studied biology in college it's so crazy to me how they make an argument that it's the woman having control over her body when biologically speaking we we know it's not actually her body that's growing 
um, I mean, her body is changing as a result of the child that is growing. Right. But it's so scientifically and biologically obvious that it's not actually her body. Um, When people talk about abortion and they, you know, they can't use super scientific terms when they're talking about being in favor of abortion because scientifically they're wrong and it's it's not the woman's body that she right is you know making a decision about it's another body within her that they find a problem with and it just it stuns me when people still say you know my body my choice because it's not her body it's another person's body within her yeah exactly and and we all we want an an element of control and um independence and you know autonomy is the word that's used because i think that's really natural for us you know especially before we experience what it's like to have children and care for other people like that's we kind of are a little bit commitment averse um naturally and so mm-hmm. I, I think i don't know maybe something we could talk about is what how do you think we can support women who you know maybe feel like this loss of autonomy and this loss of control um is threatening like what does she need um you know maybe a single mom like what does she need to be able to make the decision to choose life and embrace you know the changes that are going to come with that Mm-hmm. There are definitely a lot of changes um, that come with being a mom. I think practical help is so great for for new moms um, because there are certain challenges of becoming a new mom, as I've recently <laughs> found out. Um, but the positives of your of your new baby definitely outweigh the challenges that come with becoming a new mom, but helping moms in practical ways like crisis pregnancy centers do, I think is so, so awesome, especially single moms. um, If they can just receive some practical help, uh, meals donated or um, honestly just help like, around the house, little things like that that don't seem super important are really, really helpful. And I think um, also just reaching out to new moms who may or may not be dealing with postpartum, it's a, it's a huge adjustment and being there, you know, to just support them emotionally and practically, I think would go a really, really long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved hearing from Lisa Hogan, our friend who directs the Crisis Pregnancy Center in Alabama a couple weeks ago. Just her, you know, all the different ways that her center has found to really encourage and support these women and and anyone can bring their talents and contribute to that effort. I mean, she, she had a business background and had, you know, wasn't a social worker or a counselor, but 
had been able to devote her career to, you know, helping parents. And, and there were so many different ways that she listed to get involved. And um, like you said, it, it really is just so practical. And we are lucky to have in, in pretty much every community, some kind of organization that has already been set up to act as the bridge between those of us who, you know, are pro-life and would never think of, um, you know, seeing the world any other way and people who are in these situations that, you know, they're being told by the media and by the world, you can't do this. And abortion is your only option and it's going to threaten your success. It's going to threaten your autonomy, threatens your you know, ability to even be loved and respected, like, the messages that I've seen and heard, especially in these hearings, you know, like the one we just heard is, that's really scary as someone who doesn't have the support that they need, and um, the support that makes, you know, welcoming a child into the world really exciting and um, full of, of positive change, so um, that's, that's why these centers exist, to kind of be that bridge between like mm-hmm. I said, those of us who abortion is unthinkable and, and those of us who also, um, you know, have some very practical needs and challenges um, between, you know, that pregnancy and, and becoming, a, you know, a, a family that can really welcome a child into the world. So and of course, we talked to we talked to an adoption agency a couple weeks ago, too, who facilitates, you know, relationships between adoptive parents and, and birth parents who who can't keep their child in their home. I mean, there just really are some great institutions set up to, to help us um, really care for these people. So we just kind of have to see what we can do to give, you know, to give support to them. Absolutely. And I mean, being a mom, like I said, it definitely does have some challenges and being a, a first time mom, there are a lot of adjustments. Um, but it's all just so in a sense, easy to accept because your love for your child is so overflowing and overwhelming. You just do whatever you have to for your child. And um, the the positives yeah. absolutely outweigh the challenges a million times over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so thankful that you've had the support pretty much from every direction. Um, but I guess I, I kind of see more and more things like marriage and, and family as an opportunity to just really live a countercultural lifestyle, especially in the way that we prioritize those things and mm-hmm. kind of put work in its place, if you will. Um, but I guess after living in D.C. especially, um, mm-hmm. have your decisions to even back you know, when you got married and decided to have kids, have those decisions and the way that you approach them provided opportunities for you to share your pro-life worldview? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we shared, you know, that we were expecting little Mark, there were some comments made to my husband, like, oh, we'll never see you again, or, oh, this is the last time we can ever golf with you, or, you know, different things like that, Um, Mm -hmm. which are not intended to be, you know, offensive or or super negative, but it's just kind of, kind of shows 
what the culture is like. You know, once you have a family, people think, you know, that's it. You you can't be social anymore. You can't do anything else anymore once you have a child. Um, and in that way, children are looked at as holding you back from a life that you maybe want to live. And um, that's just so, so not the case. Um, if, <laughs> children are, are so incredible and bring so much joy and they're so so innocent and just you know it's so incredible you know watching our son develop in these little ways um you know he's noticing his hands for the first time and all of these little things that we just get to see just bring um you know my husband and I so much so much joy and yeah you know some social things that we don't do anymore um but it's so easy to choose our son over over those kinds of things um we would much rather spend time with our son than you know go out and be able to, you know, stay out late like we used to, D just little things like that. Um, the decision to yeah. stay with our son is just a no-brainer. We would so much rather do that um, than these other, you know, social norms that people think of today. Yeah. No, that's so good. I mean, acknowledging the trade-offs and saying, well, this is actually, you know, worth a lot of sacrifice and and i think mm -hmm. one thing that i've noticed is just um this work culture of you know really equating success just in one very linear way of of income and how much you can climb the ladder and and even in dc a place that's full of people who you know have really great intentions for why they want to you know be involved with um you know politics and policy and advocacy i mean it even on the hill, you know, there's very specific, you know, there's a very clear ladder. Um, and I know you've, you've been up part of that and, and just hopefully you've had a good experience, but it's just um, kind of this unilateral definition of success that, you know, really isn't very human and really doesn't allow for the interruptions and the inconveniences and the, you know, the slower pace that comes with having a child who can't walk or having a child that can't feed himself. I mean, that naturally is going to come and, and slow down your pace. Um, so I think it's something that, you know, as we're, our, our popular, our population is, is declining as we speak globally. Um, and then in America, our fertility rates are falling very quickly. And, um, you know, so that doesn't just come from nowhere. It comes from a, a cultural shift towards, you know, the most important things are autonomy and success and, and those things that um, Representative Howard were, was talking about. Um, and, right. and that's going to have some long-term effects on even our economy and our ability to just be like a thriving nation. Um, if we see kids as something that gets in the way of success rather than our only opportunity for future success, which is, you know, kind of, kind of ironic. Right. And I think that just sets people up for so much loneliness. Um, and it, it's so self 
self-centered and self-focused and I think really the only way to find happiness is to you know be seeking to do things for other people and trying to be selfless if you're just seeking happiness for yourself you're probably not going to find it um I think it's found more in sort of an outpouring of yourself so these people who you know are so focused on their own personal success um outside of a family i i don't know how much they're really gonna find it or how happy they'll be in the process mm-hmm. if they yeah, or at least allowing room for relationships in general right right like, yeah. even if it's not someone's well, desire to have a family or right yeah even outside of a family um just to focus on you know, personal success and personal happiness. Um, Leaving room for, you know, other relationships and and experiences in your definition of success, Um, whether that's family or even just close community relationships, close friendships, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, prioritizing the family that you already have. I mean, there's just doesn't seem to be any room for, humanness in this definition of success right exactly I think you hit the nail on the head (laughs) well you haven't been doing this for super long yet it's been a a, you know a month or so since the end of maternity leave but do you think it's possible to achieve um, kind of a more balanced idea of success as as a mother and in a career Um, and maybe who's someone that you've looked up to who's done this well and and gone before you yeah i i think it definitely is possible um wow there are so many examples of amazing women i can think of um my mom didn't have a set career um but she always worked um while she was raising us um, and, and also raised me and my seven siblings and she's just incredible. Um, and also wow. uh, our president, Catherine, I mean, she is a mom and she works so hard and she always makes time for her children. She always sets aside specific time for each of them. Um, and I think that mm. that is really incredible and really admirable. And she is obviously super successful in her career um but seems to be very successful also so i think that she's really an amazing example yeah a very up close example that you get to that's right i learned from that's really i've been every day (laughs) yeah we had a an event this summer where we had a team you know a team kind of outing to a nationals game and um, she brought her kids with her and the whole team knows them and I got to meet them and, you know, it's just, it's just being willing to kind of integrate different parts of your life, I think. And, you know, like mm-hmm. you are, you're, you're holding baby Mark right now um, and, <laughs> and introducing us on the team to him during our, our meetings every week. And um, that's, you know, not only just at a, a pro-life, you know, a, explicitly pro-life organization but i hope that that's the direction we can move in as a country and as um, a market and just be able to affirm the unique abilities of 
women and, and just parents in general to make their families a huge part of their lives that, um, you know, and, and work is, is part of being able to support that, but it's not the ultimate thing. And so it's, it's a, I think it's a great direction to be able to put work in its place and, and kind of remember what it's all for. Um, I'm so grateful to have a UL that, you know, everyone has been so supportive and understanding, um, of me wanting to continue to work while also having baby Mark. Um, I'm just really, really grateful, uh, for, for Catherine and for, for our team. Um, cause I, you're right. It's not like this everywhere. Um, and I, I'm just so blessed to have this opportunity to be able to still have um, a family and continue working and have the the understanding from AUL that that both are possible at the same time. Right, right. Well, that gets us to our shot of gratitude. So um, that's that's how we end every show. We we kind of come around to what we're grateful for and um, just really, really say it out loud. And you could be doing a lot of different things and, and just to see how um, you've kind of been put in this perfect place to do two things really well and to be able to commit to both and, and have understanding from, from an employer that's really rare. And I think for my mm-hmm. shot of gratitude, I'm thankful for um, just a, a family and a community that has taught me what's, you know, really most important, even as I look at my career and, and all the things that I like to do as far as, um, you know, that could, that could take me into a career. I think I'm at a place where I've seen enough examples of, you know, work, you know, work taking over some people's lives and then some people really having to stake a claim on their family and put, you know, put a flag in the ground and say, this is, this is the point where work cannot come past this line. I mean, it really takes a lot of effort and boundaries to be able to set that up. And because like I said, our world just isn't very considerate of it usually. And so um, I'm very, very grateful for those examples as well that make me hopeful that even if, you know, no matter what position I'm in um, as an employee, I'll know my priorities and be able to kind of create those boundaries because of just the the priorities that have been set for me in my life and the things that I want to pursue as my definition of success. Um, so I'm very grateful for those examples and, and just to have been in some really pro-family environments um, mm-hmm. and hopefully can have that counter-cultural opportunity as well. I mean, people ask questions whenever you, you set those boundaries and say, no, um, they don't, maybe they don't like it, but it, it can really speak loudly. Right. That's so great. Definitely. Well, um, we are very grateful for your time, Monica. I know that, um, you've got someone probably who needs to be fed or changed or, you know, you might need a break. So thanks so much for, for joining us and thanks for staying on with AUL and, and making it all possible um, through, through your work with us. So we really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for having me and, you know, for not minding little Mark's, uh, interruptions here and there. Um, (laughs) we're so grateful and so happy to have been included in this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great to get to know you more and, and glad we get to work together. So, um, 
Yep. We will have a, a the good rest of our, our season 12. We're going to keep kind of digging into these myths that we're hearing in these hearings and, and discussions in Congress, especially, and just on social media and in the general culture. Um, you know, what are the driving messages behind, um, you know, the Women's Health Protection Act and, you know, these these other pro-abortion um, bills that, that are people are just so passionate about and really trying to understand where they're coming from and, and sympathize, but also really claim truth and hold on to, to truth. So I'm glad that we got to start with um, kind of this message that, that parenting prohibits success and um, a woman's destiny, quote unquote. So um, yeah, we're, I'm excited about conversations to come. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review wherever you listen, and tell a friend about us. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, drop us an email at life at aul.org. I'm Anna Claire Novlet. Until next time, thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Law, and supporting Americans United for Life.